0: Well, she's so excited to hear from me, eh? I wish it was the same at home, eh? <laughs> Glory to God! How, do, how many of you know that your wife loves to hear, hear from you in church, eh? She loves to be you to be there first and foremost, eh? Welcome along today. It's good to have you all here. We've been having a lot of fun and excitement. Church is always fun. I'm always looking forward to uh, Sundays. Yeah. yeah. Last week we were preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The first time I've spoken on it, and uh, we we're speaking about it in regard to the how that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. Yes? And uh, this week we're going to carry on with speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, it will be a bit shorter today. We had quite a long session last week. Many came up and many were touched with the uh, Spirit of God. Yeah, and they were baptized. That word baptized means to fully immerse. You might have been baptized in water, but have you been baptized in the Spirit? Wow. It's an exciting. The Spirit, that baptism is the promise of the Father, coming down to clothe us with power from on high. Okay, before we get into it uh, too much, I'll, um, yeah. let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We just acknowledge your presence here today, Lord Jesus Christ. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here hovering over this place. We thank you, Lord, that the words that you speak, they are spirit and they are life. We thank you for divine power. We pray that you'd move through your word for the glory of your name today, that you give me the right words to speak. I want to uplift you and honor you, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of all glory. You're the one who has redeemed us to yourself through your precious blood. We thank you for Holy Communion today and the word that Dave brought. So good. For the healing that is found in your body. For the blessing that is found in you as we partake of you. You're our portion, Lord. And we rejoice in you this morning. We thank you that we can just feed and feed until we're full today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Be exalted. Amen. Amen. So, the promise of the Father. Yes, we were speaking about... uh, what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, it's three things. It's immersion from above. It is infilling of the Spirit. So uh, you can keep on being filled with the Spirit. You might get baptized once. You might ask for the promise of the Father and receive it. And because uh, and, and Jesus said that your Father would give to all who ask Him, not just to some. So if you've asked for it, you've received it. Just thank Him for it. Maybe you haven't spoken in tongues yet, but you've received it. and then it, So it's uh, immersion from above. Totally total immersion from above. It is infilling of the Spirit, totally full, no room for anything else once I'm full of the Spirit. And it is overflow. They all began to speak with tongues. Something flows out. The whole, the whole reason for the baptism of the Spirit is not for me. It's for those out there. It's for those out there. There must be a flow. Like Jesus got up when, on the great day of the feast, the la- last day of the feast, and he said, cried with a loud voice, if anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. Out of His innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Flowing out, out of His innermost being. So yes, ask and receive. Glory. So if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after this service, we'll give you um, an opportunity. Or at the end, you can come up after. We want to finish up a bit earlier. We've got pathways. So I'm just going to keep powering on through. How to receive. The first thing is to be thirsty. Yeah. When you take a drink, be thirsty. Come to the baptizer. John the Baptist said in the whole full gospel, it's recorded of him, and all of the four gospels saying that he shall baptize you. That's Jesus. He is the baptizer. I'm not the baptizer. Jesus is the baptizer. Uh, so be thirsty. Come to the baptizer and then drink. Take a drink. Oh, glory. Sorry, I might fall over. No, I won't fall over yet. And then release the, the outflow. Open your mouth. Open your mouth and begin to speak. Okay. Glory to God. And, and I know that many of you here last week had an encounter with God. Some had an encounter, but yet they're not speaking freely in tongues, and that's not an issue. That'll come. That'll come. It took me a while, especially when I came from a conservative part of the church, and I had all these things in my mind and these strongholds that were saying how that this wasn't of God, but I've come to see it is of God, and God's transformed my life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit roughly 14 years ago. I've been saved 33 years. It's a pity in my 20s I didn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that's all right. I was thirsty, and I've been filled. Mm. And, of course, John the Baptist preached, the bapt- uh, he, he preached about uh, repentance. Uh, oh, no, it was Jesus, sorry, before he went back to heaven. He, when he gave the Great Commission, he wanted uh, repentance preached and the remission of sins, that it would be preached in all nations, he said. He said that in Luke. He said, all power is given me in heaven and on earth too. All authority. But he wants repentance. If you want to receive Jesus today, first you have to repent. That means turn away from yourself and then have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. One and the same time. Both things happen at the same time. You can't repent without having faith. Otherwise, you'll end up back with yourself and you'll be empty. So repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance and remission of sin. Your sins have been removed. God has taken your sins and he's laid them on his son at the cross. God loves you. He has a plan for you. Not only are you created in his image, but he's got a plan for you. Yeah. He loves you so much. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross to expose your sin, your self-centeredness. That's what sin is, self-centeredness. I don't know if there's any self-centered people here. But uh, he didn't die on the cross to expose your self-centeredness. He died on the cross to remove your sin and expose your value to God. Yeah, that's what He's exposing. How much the Father loves you. He didn't die because I was a sinner. He died because I was a lost son. A lost son who had a future and a destiny in God. And He had a plan. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Who pays a high price for nothing? Why would God send his only well-beloved son to die on the cross? He's not, he's not, it's not as though he forked out billions or trillions of dollars. No, he gave even more. He gave his son. Who pays, who pays such a great price for nothing? He doesn't want to get nothing in return. He wants you. And he wants to fill you with life. Life more abundant. Yeah. Sometimes we see ourselves as nothing, don't we? And then when we treat our neighbors the same way, we treat them as dirt. We treat them as nothing because we've got low self-esteem. We've got low value on ourselves. We see ourselves as nothing, but you've been created in the image of God. Yeah? Sometimes we think we're good for nothing, but no, you're good for something. God, God actually... Our qualification for eternal life is that we're a sinner. He came. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The fact that we're far away from God, we feel like nothing, it's our qualification for salvation, for a blessing. So if you're feeling like nothing this morning, you're going to get something. <laughs> That's a good one. Sorry, excuse my... Uh... I hope you're laughing with me a lot at me. Glory to God. Hey, it's time to see ourselves as our father sees us by looking steadfastly in Jesus' face and beholding our glory in him. Because that's what God wanted as a son. He said, this is my beloved son. In other words, he's saying, this is what I've got in mind for you. Absolute blessing and favor. See, God God doesn't want to live in a house or a building like this made with hands, with men's hands. He wants he wants he wants to live in you. He wants to actually take up residence in you. The God of glory. That's amazing. The one who spoke and created galaxies and and everything we see out there. He wants to live in you. You know, God could have made himself this well, not lived on Beverly Hills, but I mean he could have he could have been, he could have made himself this enormous mansion. You know, we could be driving down the road and saying, That's where God lives, you know? It's 50 miles long, that house, and it's 400 feet high. Probably higher in Whangaroa. (laughs) That's where God lives. But he didn't want to live in a house like that. All paved with gold, absolute mansion. And all the kids would go, wow, is that where God lives? Wow, can we go and visit God? You know? (laughs) Could be. I would have, I was a kid. You know, but he actually wants to live in you. So everyone goes by and says, that's where God lives. Yeah. This is where God lives. Look, Amen. Hey? right here in Reuben. Glory. <laughs> anyway, we're preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, aren't we? Okay. Today, part two. That was just the intro. If you haven't received Jesus and he doesn't dwell in you yet, if you haven't repented, we'll give you an opportunity at the end of this service today to receive the Lord Jesus as your own personal Savior. He wants to take up residence in you. See, I'm an evangelist. You see, I keep coming back to preaching. Glory to God. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Last week we spoke on the promise of the Father. Today I want to bring a contrast between the Resurrection Sunday and the Pentecost Sunday which was seven weeks later, after Jesus had gone back to heaven. But before I go into that a bit more depth, we'll, uh, I, want, I want us to see in Acts 2 verse 38 and 39 who the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for. Do um, get my message from last week, because uh, I'm just building on what's already gone before. If you weren't here, you're, you're coming in partway through the subject. Acts 2 verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, That was on the day of Pentecost to all the people that were there, thousands of people. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the removal of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises unto who, you and to your children and to all that are afar off in New Zealand. 2020, did you see that there? 2020, it's in the small print. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's calling you. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for all. It's for us today. It's not just for some select few back at Pentecost, back in the early church, at the foundation of the church, it's for us today. By the way, just on the side, I was, um, felt the Lord was saying to me this morning that, um, I do digress, but that's all right, but there's a number of people here this morning that are um, struggling with different areas of life, and that's not a bad thing. Some are going through uh, trials and tribulations, and um, that's perfectly normal. Uh, When you drive down the road, it's not long before you come to a a little rise, or sometimes it's quite a steep hill. It's a lot harder to get up the hill and over down the other side. It's easier coasting downhill than it is going uphill, isn't it? Especially if you're on a bike. You soon work that out. It's not so bad when you just put your foot down on the accelerator a bit more. But there's people that are going through tribulations in life. That's all right. Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. Be happy about it because I've overcome the world and you're going to get through this, whatever you're going through now, because I'm with you. And then I found he was saying to me, tell them to lift up their eyes beyond the hills, like in Psalm 121. Yeah. I will lift my eyes up beyond the hills. Yeah, I don't know how high your hill is at the moment that you're going through in life. It might be quite a high, it could be just a little knoll, but it might be a real big mountain like you see down the. We just come back from Queenstown a couple of weeks ago. A lot of very high mountains down there. There might be one of those you're going through. God's going to get you through it. Yeah. Lift your eyes beyond the hills. There's someone who's greater than the hill itself. Yeah. And that's our Lord. From whence comes my help? From where comes my help? My help comes from the one, from the Lord who created heaven and earth. Yeah. Wow, that's good help. So you've got help. I just That's a message for you from the Lord. I'm with you. I'm going to help you through this. You've got my help. I've got your back. That's just on a side note. Okay. What's the subject we speak about today? Go with, go with the flow. That's our theme. Now, go with the flow. Go is all about the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The flow is out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Some of you might go without the flow, and that's not good. You need power to witness, to be my witnesses, to be out there. Take the flow. Take it out. Glory to God. Be led of the Spirit, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They shall be called the sons of God. So how do we re? well, let's go to John 20, verse uh, 19, 20, and verse 22. This is, I was bringing a contrast between Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. This is Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is risen from the dead. And he comes among them that evening, and he stood in the midst of them, and he says, Peace to you, be with you. Verse 20. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I'd be pretty happy too, especially with what had transpired. Wow, he's a That would be, imagine how much they're blown away. You know, can't be. We just saw you on the cross. You know, I felt, oh, mate, the lump. It was like, and now here you are. They thought it was all over. They were glad when they saw the Lord. But what happened? And he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Penic- uh, resurrection Sunday. Before the promise was sent, he said, told them later on to wait in Jerusalem until they got clothed with power from on high. This is Resurrection Sunday, and he breathed on the disciples. I believe they then received divine resurrection life. Yes? I believe they passed from Old Testament salvation into New Testament, that they were born again, they were born um, of the Spirit, that they're born again, in, in, in a sense, you know. They were with Jesus. They were already clean. But now here He is imparting the Spirit, the Spirit of the risen man, the one who had conquered all. And He's breathing into them, and He's saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. How did God... Create man in the beginning. He made him out of dust, believe it or not. He wants to live in a house that was made out of dust. That's pretty cool. And uh, he breathed into his nostrils. Man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now here's, that's the first creation. Now here's new creation. And suddenly, what's he doing? Breathing. A resurrected Christ. Breathing into them. Yes. All glory. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Two things are required for salvation. What does it say in Romans 10, verse 9? Let's read that. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be what are the two things we've got, got to do? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Well, the disciples were used to doing that. Lord, do this, Lord. They were confessing the Lord Jesus but they had yet to believe in their hearts that God had raised them from the dead. This was where they believed in their hearts that God had raised them from the dead and they became part of a new creation. Yes, glory to God. It's exciting. They, will be able to, they were able to believe when they saw the nail prints in his hands that um, he had risen from the dead, they were able to believe in the resurrection. They believed that God raised them from the dead. They still needed to wait, though. Even though they'd received resurrection life, they still needed to wait until they received the baptism of the Spirit to guide and to empower them for the work of the ministry that God had for them to do. Yes? And that's what he said before, weeks later, before he went back to heaven. Tarry, wait here in Jerusalem. We don't need to tarry today. They've already tarried. The Holy Spirit's come. We can receive. We can receive. God doesn't hold back. The moment Jesus said it's finished, the veil was rent. Remember that? Yeah, God's not going to hold things back and think, are they ready for it yet? Are they not? You know, he's not in two minds about it. No, it's all ready to go. Holy Spirit. As soon as we're ready to receive, as soon as we've got a thirst, we we're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, people go off and do their own thing. How many people do you know that's been along the church for a while and they wander off and think, oh, I've tried that. Or they just think, oh, I'm going to do home church. Or I'm going to do something else. Or I feel that God wants me to do this. You know? But you look at their life, and they're not really impacted on the community. You see, Peter wanted to go back fishing. Before the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, he wanted to go fishing. We don't read any more about him going fishing after that. Not when he got that Holy Spirit. Man, what a changed man he was after the day of Pentecost. Yeah. You know, after he denied the Lord, yeah, he was, you know... And next thing he's getting up and saying to the the people that were there, you denied the Holy One and the just, and you desired a murderer. And he's like all fired up, you know. I don't know why people get fired up, but there you go. (laughs) The disciples were praising and blessing God. They they were there after this Resurrection Sunday. I bet they didn't stop singing and praising and worshiping and going, wow, this is amazing. But it didn't change Jerusalem for that for that um, seven weeks or so, till seven weeks after the Resurrection Sunday. We had Pentecost Sunday. Yeah? Yeah. The word for spirit when he breathed, uh, when he breathed on them is pneuma. And it's also the word for, for breathe, pneuma. And what he's what's he really saying is receive holy breath. Receive Holy Spirit. Receive the holy breath to be within us, yes? It was really a person-to-person transaction. That's why I like the hongi, you know? Take a breath together. We're taking a breath of our creator. We breathe in. He's the one that's given us life. He's given us his holy breath. We've been created in his image, and it's acknowledgement of that too, I believe. So. So he, he's breathing into his, his disciples a life that is totally victorious, uh, and, 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 that's, and that's great, but they still needed to be clothed for the outside. They had the life within them, but they needed to be clothed um, with the life, with, with, with the Holy Spirit, power from on high. And I believe this is a pattern for everyone that gets saved. You cannot be sa- saved without meeting Jesus personally. You can go through the... Um, all the steps and the process and repeat after me and say this, but the thing is, have you met with Jesus? I remember 33 years ago, and I had repented. You cannot be saved without repenting. You can't repent without being saved almost. (laughs) It's just about tied up together. Repentance without having faith, sorry. not. Yeah, without having faith. Repentance toward God is turning away from my own self, my own way, my own will and it's having faith in another. So he becomes my life. That's why Paul the Apostle said for me to live is Christ. But I encountered Jesus 33 years ago. I was 20 and a half down in Auckland, and the night before I really, I really meant it when I prayed to God for salvation, and I, I repented, I turned away, I tore my smokes to bits and threw them in the rubbish bin, and I, that was it. I was going to follow God. But I wanted to know, that it really was God. And the next morning I got up, the first thing I did was open the Bible, and it opened at John 6, verse 37. And it was the words in red, Jesus' words himself, and he says, all that the Father has given me shall come to me. And I go, deja vu, i just come to you. And I'm genuine. I was 100% genuine. And then he so said to me, and he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And it was like, boom, the word came. There was like an explosion on the inside. Something happened. A weight lifted. I was totally, there was a transformation that took place as the Holy Spirit, the living Word of God came in and I just took Him at His Word. Boom. I started driving down the road and all the trees looked so much greener, everything was so different. I said, I've never seen this before. What's going on here? You know, suddenly, passed from death to life, spiritually dead, cut off from the life of my dad. Lord knows I needed him all my life and he was always there. He was there when I went to school, he was there when I... First spoke and crawled, and when I was maybe bullied at school or something else happened, you know, he was always there. I just didn't know he was there. Something happened, so this is how salvation happens. What happens is we receive incorruptible, undefeatable life, and that life, you know, Jesus uh, John said concerning this life, he said, "He that is born of God overcomes the world." We're not suppressed by the world anymore. We're free. We enjoy eternal life now, abundant, life more abundant, supernatural life. We're empowered by the Spirit of God. His Spirit comes and dwells within us. Hallelujah. So we had, Pente- we had um, Resurrection Sunday. Now we're going to go to Pentecost Sunday. We're just weaving our way down through the uh, mulberry bushes, you know. I hope you're following. No one's asleep just yet. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. We went through this last week. We'll go through it again. This is Pentecost Sunday. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing of a mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues. All were filled, and all began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. What an amazing time. You know, this is 50 days after, I might get this right or wrong, Passover, isn't it? 50 days after Passover. Now in Egypt, 50 days after Passover in Egypt, when they got out into the wilderness, that was when Moses went up and got the tables of stone, the Ten Commandments. 3,000 of men who disobeyed God got killed at the bottom of that mountain that day because of the law. The letter kills. But here on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover when Jesus died, that was mentioned by Dave, I think, this morning in communion. 50 days after the Passover, this is Pentecost. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes down. No longer is it the law. Praise God for this day of grace. I love grace. Law brings condemnation. The end of the law is death. But, mate, God's sent His Holy Spirit, clothing people with power, fully immersing them in the Spirit of God, baptizing them in His Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Why? Because now we're a new creation. We're received of the resurrected life of Christ. And just like the Spirit of God came down as a dove when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the river Jordan, so there's a place for the dove, the Spirit of God to come down. But He's coming to clothe us with power for the work of the ministry. To empower us to go out into our community, into Northland, to Aotearoa, and to turn the place upside down. (laughs) He's got a great work for us. I'm excited about this because God's raising up men and women that will go out under the power of His Spirit, led by His Spirit, to impact our nation. Glory to God. So you've got Resurrection Sunday on the one hand, and you've got Pentecost Sunday on the other. Now there's a contrast. Well, on Resurrection Sunday, it was, the, it was the resurrected Christ that was there. He was the one that breathed on them. But on Pentecost Sunday, it was the glorified Christ. He had gone up into glory and he said, wait. It was the glorified man. He was the one that was going to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. You had the resurrected Christ, but now you've got the glorified man the one that's been given all authority. He said that before he went up. He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth because of this go, but only after you've tarried and waited for the Holy Spirit. Number two, the difference between the two Sundays. On Resurrection Sunday, you had the um, inbreathed spirit. The inbreathed spirit inside, come and dwell. But on Pentecost Sunday, you had the outpoured spirit. There was just, it was like the difference between, what was it? Standing under a, I don't know, drinking out of a tent and standing under the Niagara Falls. Yeah? Yeah. The third thing, what was the result of Resurrection Sunday? It was life, eternal life they received. His life breathed into them. And? The result of Pentecost Sunday was what? Power. Yeah. You shall receive life? No, power. Yeah. yeah. You go. Oh, I've been a Christian for years, and I don't think seem to have much power. You know, I've tried to I tried to get. I tried to do this. Tried to do that. You know, and then I get frustrated, and then this happens. You need power. Yeah. Power to go through everything. To be led through every trial. To go up every mountain. We're singing about the Lord this morning. Climb every. Wasn't that this morning? Climbing every mountain kicking down every wall in front of us. Well, hey, when you've got power, you'll be climbing every mountain and you'll be kicking down every wall too. Same as our Lord. <laughs> you'll go through those trials and you just get stronger and stronger. All things will be working together for good to those who love God, and that's all of you. Glory to God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So both of these uh, encounters are for uh, uh, is what God's purpose for all of His people, both Resurrection Sunday, where you receive Jesus as Lord of your life, where you're born again of His incorruptible spirit, where you come into the family of God, where you are created anew in Him, and also where you receive power, where you're baptized on the day of Pentecost. That same, both both of what God wants for you and for me. See, the, the, the Resurrection Sunday experience, doesn't mean you don't need the Pentecost uh, Sunday experience. Yeah. You know, you can do so much, but where's the impact? Yeah. How You know, you might have been a good Christian and going to church and getting topped up all the time, but where's it all going? Where's all, you know? Yeah. You need a Pentecost experience yeah. so that you can be like the apostles and the disciples going out and just impacting people like you wouldn't believe. Glory to God. So the result of this uh, powerful Pentecost Sunday was the disciples received miraculous supernatural power. It wasn't any secret. It was open. People knew about it. The people in that community all knew about it. They all heard about it. Everyone saw it. Yeah? Does everyone in Kirikiri know you're a believer? In Northland? Yeah? They all see it. Power flowing through us power for service, power for every area of our life, power even to heal, to see people made whole. They received boldness, number two, for witness. They were bold. They were made bold. You look at Peter. One minute he's hiding and denying the Lord. Next thing he's up there saying, you denied the Holy One and the just. Boldness for witness. He got up boldly. They had insight into scriptures. Peter got up and said, hey, this is what Joel spoke about. I will pour out all my flesh. The prophet Joel Suddenly, suddenly the scriptures come alive. Do you read the Bible and you find it's a little bit dull or or you don't seem to get anything? I know, I spent years like that. I know what it's like. I speak from experience. Well, maybe you need a baptism in the Holy Spirit so the scriptures come alive. Because Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. But you go, no, I'm just happy living in here. I've been living in here for a long time. My mind, my will, my emotions. I just love my little soul. I'm quite soulish, but that's all right. I've just got my own little home, and I'm all right. I'm going to stick with me. Boring. <laughs> Boring. Come on, Ruth. Don't be like that. Okay. <laughs> so, number four, they were released for mission. That's, that's really on our hearts, Ruth, and my heart, that people were raised up in this place and released for mission out into Northland. Glory to God. Released. Released for mission. They went all over, the disciples. And all of Jerusalem, number five, all of Jerusalem experienced the impact. What an impact. All of Keri Kiri, Mate, what's happened to Excite? People from Excite have just heard they've all come alive. What's going on? You know? All these believers. People getting raised from the dead. People getting healed. People laying hands on people. They're praying for people. They don't seem to be condemning. I actually love to be around them. You know, they're good people to be around. I always feel better about myself when I'm around them. You know, I don't feel condemned. See, when the disciples were born again, you could say on Resurrection Sunday, there was not a big impact until Pentecost Sunday, until they were baptized in the Spirit. God wants us not only to be saved, but to be baptized in the Spirit, to be clothed with power. Clothes go on the outside, as I said last week, and the Holy Spirit that we're sealed with is on the inside. We're going to talk more about that next week. We'll bring a contrast between the new wine in the wineskin and the new wineskin. Once we've been created a new creation, that's what we drink in, the wine of the Spirit of God, joy, and that's for us. Uh, We'll bring that out. But then he didn't just stop there, Jesus. He said, nor do you get a piece of new cloth and put it into an old garment. So there's new cloth. And we all know where the clothes are. Unless you're Bill Grogan's goat who actually ate three red shirts from off the light, I'm showing my age now. The clothes are normally worn on the outside. Sorry, that only appealed to a few old ones who knew that. My dad used to tell me that story about Bill Grogan's goat when I was a kid. Anyway, praise God. Well, there you go. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after the service here today, we're just going to ask the band to come up. They're all ready to go. But after the service today, come forward and Ruth and I and some of the leaders here will be more than happy to lay hands on you and pray with you as you thirst for this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And God will. He'll give it to all who ask Him. You see? So much more will our Father give the Holy Spirit. Your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks. That's what Jesus said. Everyone, not just some of you. You'll all get it. It might manifest in different ways, but you'll all get it.